What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And welcome to the Dads of Destiny. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're excited. We're going to keep going and just hop right into today because we, as of this recording, Lightfall has been out for one week. Have you finished the campaign yet? I have not. I feel like the only times I've been able to play is when I'm over here and we're getting ready to record and you're working on some uh, stuff for your other ventures. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm slowly, slowly chipping away at the campaign, but... I mean, I knew there were people that finished it like the day it dropped. Yeah. You know, because normally... With all three characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So Destiny is that game that you can grind out. Like, for me, it took And me, then they complain about a lack of content. Right. Always. Always. And I get it. Like, okay, cool. You know, lack of content. But, I mean, hey, if you're grinding the game out, like, you know... I mean, some of these guys, they're taking it as a 40-hour a week... Or 40 hours a week job. Like, yeah. I get you. You know, like, yeah. makes sense. And I understand you got the video editing and all that other stuff that goes into it. At the same time, it took me one week to get through it. I finished it yesterday. Um, during the day, I finally got to, like, defeat one of the bosses or the final boss. It's Callus, right? It is Callus, yeah. So I got to, you know, got to beat, er, beat up Callus. Um, and and it, and it was it was okay. So, so just recap me on the story of what happens in Lightfall because I'm so far behind. Yeah, so I actually had to start like watching like Bife and all these other people because I was lost in it. And I know oh, so I'm going to be super lost then. For sure. For <laughs> so, sure. So just tell me what happens in Lightfall. Well, so they so they actually said some some people have compared it to Destiny 1 where apparently the story in Destiny 1 was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't really sure like what's going on. That's where I where and why I tapped out. Yeah. So it right cuz and that's basically what it is. I mean, so it's they're kind of like telling more of the story as you go along. Like they're bringing up the Black Heart and so from Destiny 1 where the Black Isn't Heart that something to do with Crota or uh, around that time, I feel like I remember. I think it was before that. So the oh, Black okay. Heart was the one where you, the Vex were worshiping it. You had to go. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, that was the end of the campaign. I feel like okay, the Black Garden or something like yes. that. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Garden, that. Black Heart, something like that. And then you had to shoot like this little orb yeah. or something, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and and the Vex were defending it because <clears throat> it was like, oh, hey, this is like keeping the traveler from healing. Blah blah blah. And apparently now, like more lords and information's coming out, and it's supposed to be like the veil, like it's a copy of the veil. So they never tell you what the veil is, even okay. though there have been like different leaks, and everyone thought that the veil was going to be this quote unquote darkness subclass, or not subclass, but darkness um, class. Yeah, not not a class of enemies, yeah. you know. So like Cabal and mm. and in Hive, you know, like the veil, but they would be able to do what like the. The, what are those things called that that chase you down with the scythe? The abominations? No, um, in the new campaign, uh, the, tormentors. Yeah, there we go, there we go. So just to catch you up, it's all over the place. <laughs> like they're trying, like they, they do a terrible job at. They did a terrible job at making you care about certain characters, mm. and even other people so have they said kill it, somebody off and yeah, absolutely. Who dies? Rohan. I don't even know. Is that one of the non light bearing? Yeah, it's one of the cloud striders. You know, it's an old cloud strider. And they're like, oh, they only only live for 10 years. Mm -hmm. That's like their big thing. 10 years in that planet is how long? I mean, it's it's, it's like normal. Like, it's, you know, it's still 10 years normally, but they, you know, they they take all these augmentations on, Mm -hmm. which is why they're 
15 feet tall mm-hmm. and what whatever else and then you know they're, they're basically supposed to be beasts and strong and all that other stuff but yeah yeah so they uh so rohan you know he dies in it in the most i mean you can see what's about to happen from the get-go like you get to this boss level and he's like come on let's destroy this and you're like cool i'm all about i'm all about blowing yeah. stuff up you know like aim and shoot that's it what i'm here for like ready yeah. aim and for fi- their, yeah. those that aren't familiar with destiny um they aren't light bearers. So what that entails is light bearers have what's called a ghost. And right. that essentially resurrects you whenever you die. That's kind of how you can die and keep coming back in destiny. So the, and in the lore, that's, that's kind of what makes you so powerful is the fact that you can just live long enough mm-hmm. or die so many times that it's the Dwayne Wade, his converse quote or whatever, fall seven times, get up eight. Yeah, basically, you know, so that's I mean, what guardians are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so and they used to be called risen before they were called mm-hmm. guard guardians. And so it was, that was the thing that made him so tough is you had to find this little ghost or this little computer, basically flying computer that's in a backpack or can disappear and then come back or whatever. And that's what makes it so difficult. Plus you you have the ability to shoot fire out of your hands. Yeah, <laughs> we have superpowers. Yeah, so so minor space super, magic. Yeah, absolutely. Like like minor space magic with like little cow like space cowboy stuff. Like, dude, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You got me. So you can shoot stuff. Got some space magic, and then you're immortal. Yeah. I mean, hey, not not a bad gig. Yeah. Not a bad gig. So as long as your ghost doesn't get shot or blown up. So. PK'd. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so Rohan comes in like, and he's like at like nine point five years old or whatever, mm-hmm. which means he's, he's about to die. Absolutely, yeah. And so, and they're like, oh, you know, gonna have to make a sacrifice. And so, Ooh-hoo. yeah. So, but that was it. Like, he comes in and he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm the protector, and uh, you know, we 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 do this. I've been doing this for nine years, um, and I only have like a little bit of time left of actually like at the tail end of it. So, like, so you're like, all right, this dude's totally gonna and lay it, lay on the lay, wire. Yeah. And so, and he does, and you're like, wow, man, that was that was uh, like cool, good job, dude. Um, you know, we got this other guy, and then you had this other guy, Nimbus, who people are referring to him. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan or not, but they're referring to this guy as Jar Jar Binks of the series. <laughs> uh, that's not a good look. Oh, no, it's not. Because, like, oh, he's, man. I mean, I don't know they what. left ta- us with Jar Jar Binks? 100%. Oh, 100%. I mean, and he's, I don't know, I guess he can fight, which is cool, but his did character. You know, side note, did you know yeah. Michael Jackson wanted to play uh, Jar Jar Binks did I send that to you really I didn't yeah. know that he was there's some big story of like how he was fighting to be that character but it was too goofy or whatever so he didn't play it yeah that would totally not be a good character for no. Michael Jackson to play yeah. like because if Michael Jackson's in a movie you want to see him moonwalk or do something <laughs> or do some type of I mean that's not beneath Jar Jar Binks no like, as goofy as he was but I didn't I don't think that was have been fitting of him. No, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either because he was more clumsy than he was coordinated. You know, so like mm-hmm. if you're goofy and coordinated, like you can get away with that. You know, yeah. like like the Goofy movie. You know, yeah. it was cool whenever he does the perfect cast and in yeah. that he moonwalks. Everybody's like, ah, yeah. But so back to Jar Jar Binks in Destiny. Yeah, yeah. So this this other character they have. I mean, it just it it just hasn't. It just hasn't seemed good. Now, apparently, the the story is getting better, and it's supposed to be a big deal because, uh, is it Friday or Saturday, the raid drops? Mm-hmm. So the raid's coming out, and the the boss is supposed to be Nezirak. 
Um, and that's supposed to be really cool. You know, I'm pretty excited about that's that. That's another disciple. Uh, yeah. So it was like a, but he was like a twisted disciple. He was like the, supposed to be like the, um, how they consider like the worm gods. Like they just call everything a God or whatever. Cause mm-hmm. they're just strong. But he was the, the one who was all about pain and terror. Okay. And so what so, was, He's the, the one, one that's causing. Bao, what was their distinction or whatever? Uh, Rolk was just the first disciple. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was like the first and like the strongest, basically, mm-hmm. or, or supposed to be one of the strongest, or but he was the first, the first disciple of the witness. Oh, okay. So you know he would, and he was the one who who started basically the hive, um, with subjugating the worm, like the mother worm or whatever it was, and then <clears throat> dealing out all the extra. Um, uh, whatever you call it. all the extra worms for the hives and, yeah. wh- and whatever else. So he was like that, that. He was kind of like the birthplace of the hive. That's why there were so many worm got, or there was one main worm god, right? And that was supposed rate. to be the strongest one, yeah. Uh, okay. Which you that see, huge, massive, <laughs> massive, massive. And so, and they call it like the worm mother, and you know, mm. you can pull the parasite out at, if you. I don't know if you knew this, but if I you, didn't. I'm, oh, I'm nodding and. Uh, affirming like I have uh, any idea what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pull the parasite grenade launcher out and do the perseverance mission, uh, the weekly reset. And then as you go to all the different, uh, there's a whole bunch of different lore where you have Rolk talking, um, you know, he's telling like where he's from, all these other things. And then the, the worm from, uh, is this at the end of the mission where you have like a million minutes or whatever to yes. just explore you go and do all that or something right and it sounded uh, like that okay. that, like that first or second stage of the raid you know they kind of let everyone mm-hmm. you know, try to get everyone like an intro into like the raid mechanics, the mechanics and stuff. Yeah. yeah like the machine and all that right right and so that's so so that's something that, that ends up being being really cool so Nezarak is supposed to be the the guy and that's supposed to be fun and interesting you know so he's supposed to kind of carry that story along a little bit um, there's this huge thing about the veil, which I think is just some type of portal. I think that's what. It, so you don't think it's a class anymore? No, no. It de- oh, it definitely isn't a oh, class. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but they didn't. They didn't give us any insight on it, like on what it is. And total, like, uh, they totally just bombed the story on it. It was as somebody who liked the lore and liked the story of Destiny, and has been disappointed. Oh, majorly, <laughs> majorly, because it's supposed to be the time for answers. Yeah. You know, and there's more questions absolutely absolutely like more questions like hey like what's going on like if it's you know and and i think what they're trying to do is they're trying their their model of like let me give you a little bit of story every week Mm -hmm. you know and are you caught up on like the weekly missions or whatever no not even close no not even close they started dropping a lot of story i've heard in those and and I believe it. I believe it. there's probably a lot more in there because I'm um, several several seasons behind on those story missions and yeah. everything like that. So and 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 the thing that they did really good in Witch Queen is that in the last expansion is that they the the massive story and lore that was in the campaign that has all this information in it like was great, and then it. And added it, on to it. It did. The weekly stuff. Yeah. It and, didn't tell like integral parts of the story in that. Right. And then with like the new campaign, it's basically like, hey, here's a, here's, here's like three or like three to five missions for you to figure strand out. And you're like, what? Like, this is like a long tutorial. <laughs> like if yeah. it's basically the same as all the other subclasses, like I, I you know, except I don't get to like customize it. So there are times yeah. where. You're, Aren't they dropping fragments now, though? Yeah, yeah, but you don't get to add any of those. Like whenever you use strand in the uh, in the campaign, uh, so 
your solar. Can you now though? Yeah, you can now, but, but after you've completed the campaign. So Mm -hmm. like your solar build or your void or arc build, or even your stasis build that you have set up and designed to take out multiple enemies. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, here's strand. Good luck. And you're like, oh. That's what the, all the YouTube videos are for and everything. Because I don't build my own builds like on my own. Same. I don't have the time to keep up with the meta or discover things like that. Without a doubt. But the one that you get from like Plunder or that you get from Datto or those ones like that you get mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to, this is, you know, this is the build that I'm going to use. Dude, it's gone. Like they're like, oh, as soon as you, you open up that strand class, or you like, you know, have you gotten to the part where you like look within, you grab strand and everything? I've used strand once. Okay, but not past that. I don't know if that's what you're referring yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. So like, whenever you start to use it, like if you get stuck, just go at it without like with your regular subclass. Uh, like you know, because you probably have it built. But that's how most of the story when it introduces a subclass, like it just empowers you with it, and you just get like infinite super essentially yeah that's not that's not you don't get infinite super though like uh, like you have to you know and that's what you would think like oh okay i get to use the super non-stop and it makes this level easy mm-hmm. negative ghost rider that pattern is full like it takes all of your <laughs> all of your mod like all of your subclass and everything away and then yeah. just leaves you with it so it's um but i feel like i'm more gun play dependent as opposed to subclass dependent like i do more gunplay like pop in, pop in, shoot, as opposed to waiting or relying on my abilities. Yeah, I and, and maybe that's the the part of my thing is that I have well, even that like I I I rely on. Um, so I was running through most of it with an arc build because I was relying on the SMG with vault shot. So it then procs all of my extra abilities: my grenade, my pump, my my melee, my dodge, like, and then the super just charges how it can. But now I'm running in there and I'm shooting and I'm not getting like those abilities yeah. back. You know, like I'm having to wait forever for a grenade. Now my grenade's a grapple. And so, yeah. and finally towards the end, I figured a couple of things out that, that helped me, you know, end up defeating Callus and, and making it super easy. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I do feel that they did a really good job on the boss fight with Callus, though. That was actually a lot of fun. Was it pretty mechanic heavy? It wasn't mechanic heavy, which I liked. It was it was just a lot of ads. There was like one little mechanic that I had to figure out. And it, That's part of what I like about raids, though. Like I love problem solving and mechanics and yeah. not just super ad heavy and just like mowing down a bunch of ads. And Yeah, they added some things to it where you can't just like sit behind cover and like shoot a boss like how you normally would have just bop, 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 you know, so so they added like certain ads coming in. Um, they also added like a, um, you know, he has like a regenerative shield and then it, it goes, I'll save you some time, it goes down the fastest whenever you strand. Uh, so okay. like you strand to take it down and mm-hmm. then, then you, you know, you, you have to, you know, fight him again. And then, but the first time getting through it, you know, now that you know, it'll take, it'll be super easy for you. <laughs> but the, the first couple of times through it, you're like, what in the world? Like, yeah. Hey, this guy has a shield every five seconds. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to do damage? And so you're running, like I spent, there was one, I spent like 15 minutes, like, just being spider-man <laughs> like swinging around trying That's to figure out so how to do like damage traversal once the elite streamers or youtubers or whatever once they figure that out 
That's just going to be so fun oh. to use Strand. So, you know, the King's Fall is a raid, right? Uh-huh. Okay, you know, after the first encounter, you get to the jumping puzzle. Mm-hmm. That that can be super difficult and a raid team breaker. Yeah. So, with Strand now, you, you just can... just go across. <laughs> you can fire a rocket and snatch the rocket, uh, and it'll carry you until that rocket explodes. That's it. That's insane. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, uh, there are... They broke the game. Oh, man. There's so many, like... I got on YouTube, and I was hitting a bunch of YouTube shorts, and there was just a ton of them who were like, oh, watch this. And they'd shoot a rocket in the air, grab it, and then free fall down, you know? That's crazy. So, it ended up being really cool. Gameplay is great. Uh, the story and the lore, that they, 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 they botched it for sure at the same time. Dude, it's a really fun game. It's so fun. Like, it's, I'm so behind on lore. It's just turned into like a podcast game for me. Nice. I'll just throw on a podcast and just play the game. And it's just, the podcast will entertain me. And it's almost just like second nature playing Destiny. And it's just so fun to just get in there and just waste some time listening to a podcast, relax and play. Yeah, I I think the Strand one is is a ton of fun. I think it's really good. Of course, like anything like anything else, it's new. It definitely it definitely helps that like they're making some of the they're making the game more difficult because Strand kind of gives you um uh it it kind of gives you the ability to get out of trouble really quick. So which I do like about like with the hunter is like you can get in and instead of dodging. Amanda, you can just Spider-Man your way out. Like, yeah. oh, you know, or Batman. Like, oh, not where yeah. I want to be. Like, grappling Smoke gun. Bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Bang, shoot over there. Take me over there. So, uh, so it, it, it is, um, it is really cool. It is, it is a whole lot of fun. So that's, uh, yeah, which is great that they continue it being a good game. Um, and then, you know, they can work on the story part throughout the year, I guess. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you'll keep me updated. I'm trying to, bro. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So I can continue to keep up on my podcast and you can keep me updated on the lore. Yeah, hey, <laughs> trying to, trying to. I, the, the, there have been other things where I've gotten to watch like some some bike videos and stuff where um, it, it does make the lore a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I need to play some more. To How are people out. like that? Like, how does he feel about where they're going with the lore? Like, he was like, he thought it was a torrential failure. Oh, man. Because he was like, dude, you had, you know, a lot of the, the things that I've said negatively came from, you know, one of the things that he said is like, you're, this is the time you're supposed to be answering questions, yeah. not like, you know, a- ambiguity on what this is. Everyone's been waiting to know what the veil is for the longest time. We've all been guessing, speculating, and you're not answering it, yeah. you know? So, and then, to go into like the final shape and then you know what happens how far down the line is the final shape next year okay yeah so that'll be the next expansion that comes out next year that should you know probably will, will defeat the witness i hope what i really hope is that they do what they did in king's fall where um the final boss oryx in mm-hmm. the king's fall campaign is also the raid boss yeah but on like you know different levels, mm-hmm. you know. I hope like that a they nightmare do that. versus within his throne world. Yeah, is the does the witness have like the equivalent of a throne world? Nobody knows. Or what is is that even possible? Because he's not hive. Or I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, like no one knows because he started the hive. 
That's true. Essentially, you know, so he could yeah. have he could have shown them like, oh, hey, here's the ascendant plane. I, it has to be something because the ascendant plane is still there. Um, which I did. I'm always wondering. Uh, did you play? You you played Forsaken, right? Or you, you didn't hot bag in Forsaken? Is that the one where Cade dies? Yes. I skimmed through the um, campaign. Nice. But so I don't know what. So I mean, whenever Cade dies. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so whenever whenever Riven whenever you killed Riven the um the raid boss is that the Ahamkara? Yeah. Okay. And then like the, the cur- right. right. And then then the curse is released on the Dreaming City. Like I still don't know what's going to take that away. I think that's still like one of those cool storylines that's still there what in is Destiny. The, is that just now there's taken there or is that what the quirk curse is or Well, it rotates every 3 weeks. Uh, so there's like 1 2 3 like like 1 2 3 like one week and it all depends and whatever the week is depends on what the enemies that you'll encounter. You'll either get there and it'll be scorn, hive or taken that are just roaming around and then they kind of fight each other or whatever else happens. So it's, it's super, super interesting. Uh, and I wonder how they're going to end up tying that up because there was all these different things that Savathun was the one that released it so she could get more power. And, and there's all these different takes. I mean, there's, there was even a big thing that I really enjoyed in the store or part of the story and everyone looking was there was a, whenever the light level first hit 1000, you could get to a thousand mm-hmm. and that was whenever your artifact, you could play however much you wanted and you would get light le- or you would get gain light level from your artifact. Well, you know how you had said at the beginning of the podcast, like there are guys who will put in some work. Yeah. So and then there used to be like PC glitches or whatever you were, you could just gain light level overnight and like oh. just automate it. And then people get to like, thousands and thousands of light levels for sure and they still do that you know but uh you know and they have it kind of capped a little bit so but what what one of the the lore um traps was is that they they made it seem like if you could get through the shattered throne dungeon on solo at a thousand light at, at right at a thousand it breaks the curse over the dreaming city mm. and it resets this, you know, this whole thing that's happening in the dreaming city and supposed to be like a hidden layer. Um, because whenever the first raid team beats last wish, like it changed the game mm-hmm. It changed the dreaming city. You know, so I'm really excited to see what happens after Mar- on March 10th. I'll probably be like, did anything it. happen to the world since the, no, and that's been that's been like the big thing is so so anyway so, so a no guy, dungeons or raids have affected the world. As uh, a whole? No, no, because several of them have been like legend raids. Yeah, have those affected the lore at all? Or oh, were they? Are you talking about um, like King's Fall and uh, Vault coming no, back? No, no, th- those those haven't affected it. Okay. Yeah, no, not the so not those the are legend just fan raids. service. Yeah, okay. yeah. So as far as I know, but yeah, they. Um, and they'll provide like other insight into, you know, who they were or whatever else it may be. So there's been like, I just know raids. There's been Vow and uh-huh. uh, Deep Stone and those haven't had any like world altering. Because those are the, the raids that have occurred since I've been back. So I haven't ever been to oh, okay. Destiny where it affected the world in any type of yeah, way. Yeah, so Vow did affect it. Um, did. Yeah, so it opened up like a, I think it opened up like the whole bog area. Um, 
I'm trying to think if what what it did to the game. It may, maybe it didn't, because I don't think that. I don't think that your. I don't think it opened up anything on Europa either. So maybe that was the only one that actually. I know it opens up some storylines and then kind of gives you like some more clarity and stuff. So we'll see about you know this one that comes out on on Friday, March 10th, or is it Saturday? Whatever the days are, I'm getting. I think all. it's Friday and Saturday or contest mode. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, you're right. So it is. It is. So it is Friday. Yeah. So two days. You know. So yeah. That'll be a that'll be a whole lot of fun to kind of see what. So back to the back to the thing. So this guy he goes into it and he's actually one of those guys who just played a lot. He wasn't really like super good like Glad or these other guys that you know two man raids or whatever it is. Well, bro. So I remember watching the stream of this. He's going through it and like glad or somebody's coaching him through it because the whole community is invested in breaking the curse on this because that's mm-hmm. what the Lord said could happen. Yeah. And then um, they, so he goes through the whole thing, dude. I mean, like he's getting picked off, having to restart encounters. Does all he have to do it solo flawless? Yes. Or, oh, so flawless too? I think that's what it was. So it was like really difficult. It was super, so why didn't super difficult. the guys that are coaching him, why weren't they doing it? Um, I think because that, that was a time when like Destiny was really crunching down on cheaters and account recoveries, so they were kind of they're a little more protective. So they they were watching him and like and so and then you know and, and he was getting coached the whole way like oh hey all right watch out because he was also probably like no like I can do it I don't want someone else to do it I'll do yeah. it so uh, that could have been another thing too. Well, he ends up beating it and nothing happens. And then Savathun puts out a tweet through Destiny, through Bungie, <laughs> you know, like, hey, nice try, bro. And it took like six or seven hours. Like it oh, was. I would have been heated. Oh, bro. And I mean, it was just oh, things man. like that. That was like, oh, dude, like that's good storytelling. You know, like all these things are building up mm-hmm. to Lightfall. And, and it's a rug pull. Happens. Yeah, it's a yeah. rug pull. So hopefully it'll, it'll well, end up being good. Why is the tweet not a rug pull? But Lightfall is a rug pull. When, because there's because the tweet because we hadn't fought Savathun yet. This was like after like Shadow Keep or something like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hadn't fought Savathun yet. So she was still like playing a tricks. Mystery. Yeah, playing tricks on everyone. All yeah. those things. And so, but the good thing was is it kind of made you want to like play the game more. Mm-hmm. Which, dude, speaking of more, let's talk about this Flashpoint issue too. Let's do it. Let's do it. What did you think of it? I was, I thought about you because you predicted it. The, the kind of reveal at the end of the the issue. Yeah, like, he's the Black Flash. I, that was, I, but it was, and they did a really good job. You know, talking about bad writing, dude. They did an amazing job. <laughs> That's why that's it's this seminal like piece of DC lore. Like so much, I feel like of DC revolves around the story being told in Flashpoint. And I see why <laughs> reading it, it. It was great. Like the yeah. first, the first one was like building. So it was like an introduction. So you're like, Oh, okay. And then the second one you're like reading. And then right before you were um, like about to lose interest, boom. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. I never felt like I lost interest just because I'm borderline ADD though. So, you know, like there are things that I just have to like, <laughs> you know, yeah. But I get that, like, but they definitely um, recovered if you were losing interest. That definitely that last few pages or so made up for it. I'm oh. excited to see where it goes. I, and then I and then I stopped and I was like, wait, 
should, should I go ahead and keep reading? Should I, uh, you know, wait, hold on. So I have to do uh, two issues for, for next week. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be good. Like, like we'll hit you up with issue three and four, everyone, you know, so those uninitiated to comics, like it's not, it's not that big of a time investment for an issue. Yeah. So if you're interested, uh, I say give flashpoint issue one a shot. Yes. Pretty good story. It is. Read along with us. Yeah, it, it, it it's an absolute blast. Um, we love to we love for you to take this journey with us, and we could talk about it whenever we, we see comments, you in person. Let yeah, me, let us know what you think of the story so far up to the point that we are at. No spoilers, please. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Please, no spoilers. So we, we don't need uh, we don't need any of that in our lives. Hey, you brought up something too on our on our show notes that I think is a lot of fun, and it's. Uh, uh, rooting for bad or mid sports teams because I'm a Titans fan and I know you're uh-huh. in uh, a Texans fan. And uh, I've I've boycotted. I've just let it go. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. I'm not you're doing not this to myself. Yourself to, Absolutely. To that yes. So maybe I need to get to that point. But so I'm a Titans fan, and just all these rumors now of like, okay, we're keeping Tannehill. We're uh, Derrick Henry's on the trading block. We traded AJ Brown last year. Like, Why in God's name would you be shopping Derrick Henry? I mean, unless you see it as he's about to be thirty, but right? Like, he's a running back. I get it if you're trying to build for the future, but just as a fan with nothing to show for like this Hall of Fame running back's career, and just like a year or two ago, we were we had the number one record in the AFC. We were the number one seed. Yeah. First game, first exit. Like we exit. And it's because of Ryan Tannehill. And we're sticking with him. And he's the only remaining piece from that awesome team. Jeffrey Simmons dele- followed the Titans and deleted all of uh the information of the Titans from his social media page and like it's just so demoralizing. I, I can hear, I can hear the pain coming uh, from you about about this this football team. So let's just like let's just keep pushing the button. Oh, um, don't do this. To why me. don't do this to me? So you were actually originally a Houston Oilers fan, right? Or yes, okay. So and by, then you just followed them when they became the Titans. I think around like ninety nine is when they made the name change. So they stayed in Houston for like a year or so, and they were like the Houston Titans, but they knew they were going to... And I think they were the Tennessee... They were the Tennessee Tennessee Oilers Oilers for a while, yeah. So I was like seven whenever the move happened, so I wasn't really aware of the Oilers at that point, but... So my my entire recollection of them is as a Titans fan. Okay. Back when, like, the heyday, like, with, like, Steve McNair. Steve McNair and Eddie George. Dude. Oh, man. How could you those, not like those guys? They were fantastic. Those, and it was Eddie George against like Ray Lewis. So I grew oh. up seeing those games and that matchup and like they hated each other. Yeah. And like it was this huge rivalry and uh, clash of Titans. It was good, man. Like that yeah. was like, like that was really good football. Uh, and so from there you went through, you know, just that journey. Cause I'm trying to think of, they basically went through like a big lull there right so they had we've always had like peaks every once in a while to keep some type of hope like um the vince young chris johnson years or oh yeah the demarco murray before um derrick henry was there we were 
relevant then. Like we've always remained relevant. Like uh, Mariota was good for a few years and then he wasn't. And then like there was always something to be hopeful towards. Yeah. But now it's, it seems like we're going to go full rebuild and. I thought you were going to say something else right there, but yeah, full rebuild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's demoralizing. That was one of the, that was one of the problems that I had with the Texans is that cause I was a Texans fan. And Lamar Jackson is on the trading block, and I'm just like, man, go all in. That I, hey, for real, oh, like if you're I trying to trade, that. if you're trying to like, I mean, they have now. Or he's not on the trading has, block. He's on the non-exclusive right franchise can, tags. Yeah, so they, they can sign him, and they would just have to give up two first-round picks, and that Lamar Jackson's worth that. Oh, for sure. I mean, you get like a guaranteed all-star. You yeah. know, all-pro. Yeah, it's it it is wild. That was that was one of the things that I mean I that was one of the things that bothered me with the Houston Texans mm-hmm. is they just kept making like as an organization kept making like bonehead decisions. Yeah. They're you not know? it's like these is Houston considered a small market and well I guess in terms of Texas because of the Cowboys existing there. Well, well the way that they define small market is basically the number of people in the city. Mm-hmm. And Houston is, is definitely not a small Yeah, market. definitely not. But yeah. in terms of support, I would assume the Cowboys being the dominant team in Texas. Yeah, 100%. Kind of reduce them to a small market, quote unquote. Uh, I don't think so because Houston is that. Houston is but that do people big. support the Texans heavy like that in Houston? Oh, 100%. They do? Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. For sure. There's definitely... I mean, just like anything else, like you're going to have differencing of, of opinions, but for the most part, they're all in when it comes to it, you know? Mm. So, yeah. But it feels like those small market teams, they just take advantage of, like, if a player is dominant within that window, they get lucky. But the star teams like the Cowboys or the Eagles, even now at this point, or the Patriots, like they can, they have enough clout to attract stars to their team so there's always the hope of relevance like a smaller market teams are dependent on okay we really need good management good coaching we have to get a good player and surround ourselves with it and hope to build a culture yeah i i think that's every i think that's honestly every um every organization though you know because every organization need a good coach which tennessee does have but i feel like those organizations are fine just existing in mediocrity as well. Like, like the Browns? The Browns, yeah, that's a good example. Like there's yeah. not the pressure to be great on like a Cowboys team or like a Patriots. Or just, yeah. Like the 49ers can be bad for a year, but then you know because of the prestige of your organization, you have to be relevant. Gotcha. So there's that next thing of like, hey, I got to work hard at this. Like, yeah, like I, that's I what, what you're it's saying. like rooting for a bad or mid team like they're yeah. okay they don't have the, the prestige yeah that that you know the green bay packers like yeah i mean dude for all of my life and your life i mean they went they had brett Favre, brett Favre to aaron Rodgers. come on <laughs> i mean it's just it, it's, it's just stupid. wild man just wild like that's like all that you know and then um yeah man and then you know that, like so but you have i'm trying to think who else is just Dude, even the even the San Diego Chargers. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't know how good Herbert's going to be, but they talk like he's 
what Andrew Luck was or whatever. Uh, like yeah. The second or like what Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be. They hype him up the same way. Uh, yeah. I I mean, let's be honest. The AFC, the AFC South has just not been good. He's not in the AFC South, though. He's no, no, no. The, I'm talking about you had to say like Trevor Lawrence. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And then He's going to dominate that division. Yeah. He, it, it looks it looks like it. I mean, Ryan Tannehill isn't going to beat him. We'll see who the Texans pick up. Um and then at the then the other thing too is like that was kind of the thing you brought up Andrew Luck like the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck to Andrew Luck and then Andrew Luck was like ah this ain't worth my, like the brain trauma so yeah. thanks guys I'm out you know um, which I get it dude I don't want to be chased around by like some six seven two ninety five guy that runs a uh, faster than yeah I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that runs a four seven forty like that's I'm I'm good yeah. thanks you know like oh you can catch my wide receiver yeah you're definitely catching me like so yeah. and I'm standing still um yeah I think rooting for for bad or mid sports teams is I think it's great because we're here we're like transparency like we're here in San Antonio and I know so many people who've never never experienced the Spurs not going to the playoffs. Yeah. 20 years. And it's hilarious to see them go through it. Yeah. And I, are you a Spurs fan? I'm not. I'm a basketball fan though. Okay. It's, I kind of relish in it because I'm a LeBron fan. I don't necessarily (laughs) have, so that's my redemption for rooting for the Titans and how disciplined and loyal I have to be to endure that. I reward myself with being a LeBron fan. That's kind of how I justify it. But in LeBron's kind of early career, I got so much grief mm. justifiably from Spurs fans and like whenever they, he was with the uh, the Cavs and they like see I don't like whenever he was with the Cavs you can't give I don't I don't think that should be fair to give grief. Like I still that. got it though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm with you. Time. Yeah. And I was in the same boat. Like he's what at the time I think like twenty three. Yeah, carried completely carried 100%. that team, and then just got smoked by the superior team. For sure. And now just seeing how bad the Spurs are, it just gives me a little <laughs> bit of joy. Justice. I don't know, know if that's petty, but no, I don't think so. Because that was one of the things that really made it difficult for me to be a Spurs fan was being here. Whenever I moved here. Uh, there was, there was no, um, there was no like reality check. Yeah. You know, like if somebody I, else was doing good, they would be like, oh, but they're not as good as Ginobili. And I'm like, oh, LeBron James is way better than yeah. Ginobili. All right, we need to stop. <laughs> and it's weird, like, cause I was transient with my dad being in the, um, the army. So I would come from San Antonio, go to a different state and then come back to San Antonio and if you live in San Antonio and you know Spurs fans, there's nothing so like they're so you couldn't fathom how anybody else could think of them as irrelevant. And the Spurs honestly are disrespected as a franchise. Like they run on the dynasty sure. they were on living Insane. out of San Antonio. Like they're completely irrelevant. Like yeah. nobody puts them on the map. And I think it's probably because of Charles Barkley. His them big old women. <laughs> But it, that's kind of it's that's kind of an a NBA joke. joke. Like, it's an NBA joke. It is, but that's kind of the the mindset that people. Oh, the Spurs are just fundamental. They're boring. Like they play that, great basketball. They do, but great basketball doesn't necessarily translate if you don't understand great basketball. Yeah, and, and I'm a purist, and so like I love the game. I love seeing you know, I, and I loved watching the Spurs. I love watching Tim Duncan like always make the right play. 
always make the right decision. Yeah. Like I loved it, you know, Ginobili always hustling, you know, Tony Parker being there to make a play. And then yeah. even when Kawhi was here, just the, you know, his ability to just rebound the ball, make mid range shots and play defense was just, it was just, it was just phenomenal. And he, and I felt that he fit so well into the system. So whenever he left, I was bittersweet. Cause I was like, dang, that sucks as a basketball fan, but holy smokes. Nana, nana, boo, yeah. boo. <laughs> <laughs> Am I loving the opportunity uh, to troll somebody right yes. now? Because it, it really, it really was, it really was that like the opportunity to troll someone because they were just trolling the whole time. Yeah. All the time at, you know, whatever, like, why are you going to celebrate beating the way that they did beating LeBron whenever he first came into the league? How are you going to celebrate that? Like, First came in the league, did something incredible, and like, oh, we swept him. It's like, of course you're going to sweep him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a five. Like Drunas Ilgowskis was his second best player. <laughs> yeah. Going up against Tim Duncan, probably the most disrespected superstar of all time. No, I think most people, underrated. People, well, people I, give him his clout. They know in that. San Antonio they do. I, and like players, but yeah. just society as a whole like, gotcha i mean he, he is the like when you go power forward it's like tim duncan's on tim duncan's sure, on my team but like he went up against kobe and Shaq, and like <sighs> that era of basketball in the west was just insane the mavericks the spurs the lakers just that three-headed monster of just ah. Oh, and you so knew good. every year you had to play them. Yeah. Like, okay, like whether good or bad, and you're just hoping to God that they don't come into the playoffs healthy. Yeah. Because if they come into the playoffs healthy, I mean, and that's really even what it comes down to even now. Like if a team comes in, you you know, you have to have like kind of the moon aligned with the stars. They got to come in healthy. They got to be ready to go. And if they are, they're going to put the hurt on you. Yeah. And, and they could be just a terrible matchup for you. And so Spurs fans would just be so annoying. Yeah. Because of that. Because they were just like, oh, well, we did this, you know, we did that. And then uh, it was great. It was so bittersweet for me because I am Texas through and through. <laughs> and I really, I was, I really wanted them to, to beat, um, the Heat mm -hmm. whenever LeBron James went over there and made yeah. the super team and, I really feel that he was the one who started the whole super team thing. Let's not get into that I know, again. I know, I know, I know you're again. a LeBron fan, and so you're like, it was the Celtics that did that first. Let's not and get so, into that again. But I digress. They, uh, it was so bittersweet because I would, and without going too into de into detail, I am the guy that if we ever get out and play basketball, I'm a nice guy. If you were on my team. <laughs> But I will take the opportunity to talk trash, get in your head a little bit, we, and troll a, some people. I sent you a video yesterday on Instagram about this guy just having like a mental breakdown, playing this pickup <laughs> basketball, and you're like, I... Because there was some guy just trolling him, and the guy was like, I just came out to this park on a Saturday. I had a long week at work, and I just wanted to play basketball. And you're like, "I oh, I feel like I've done that to a, a guy or two. And I was like, I think I've witnessed you doing that to for sure, a guy For sure, for sure. We would play basketball like, with a bunch of guys. We had like a weekly basketball meetup with about 10 to 15 different people, and somebody would bring somebody. And I remember telling people, I'm like, hey, look, just so you know, it's nothing personal. I would talk to him just like in the same, like in this exact tone. Hey, it's nothing personal, nothing that. I just want you to know that I'm going to be talking a lot this game. 
just remember it's just a game and I am trying to win. <laughs> and if you break, I'm sorry. Like and so yeah. and I would just start and it wouldn't even be anything bad or never yeah. cuss at anybody, any of that stuff. But just know how to I know how to push the that, buttons, that bro. <laughs> I know how to push the buttons or it would just be something like a little, little push, you know, uh, on a, on a fairway. So I remember we were at someone's house, just so you know, a little bit of my personality. We were at someone's house (laughs) watching the Spurs and the Miami heat. And I am watching this as a basketball fan. Uh It is games. So is this the, the Ray Allen year? It is. is, It's the Ray Allen game. Actually. That was, I, I watched that with Spurs fans too. And that's one of the most sweet moments as a sports fan. Wait, we might've been at the same thing. (laughs) No, I was uh, at uh, my wife's uh, cousin's house. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So I was at, um, I, I was at a pool party. And so, uh, and and so with with a bunch of people and they were all like heavy Spurs fans yeah. and I'm just enjoying the game because the series sucked. Oh, I was even more invested because I'm a LeBron fan. Yeah. And so because the, the series sucked because it was blowout after blowout, you know, yeah. like and they were just resting and they were like, all right, we're like we're done with this. Like we're going to keep our wits about us on to the next game. So the series was awful. They get in there and they are playing some basketball in this game like game six game seven fantastic i think it was game one game six and game seven were fantastic the other four games in there abysmal and it's getting close and they're hitting shots back to back and every time someone is hitting a shot whether it's spurs or the heat you win either way i was (laughs) i was enjoying it you know i feel like lebron's as popular enough of a player that there's always if you're in a group of people there's always somebody watching and you sure. taking the I'm you like honest. to pick at the LeBron fan and you get the opportunity to pick at the Spurs fan here. so you're just like a kid in a candy shop absolutely and I like <laughs> basketball like this is this was uh, a god moment for me he was twiddling your fingers yes yeah absolutely Mr. Evil uh, everything mwah. and so ha 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 Every time they would hit a shot, are you serious? I mean, I am like, I am adding commentating. I am adding like my comments to it. You're instigating. 100%. 100%. And there was a, there was a guy, he, great guy. And if you listen to it, Cody, I love you. Um, I, I, I mean, I, there are still times where we were Cody playing. Cody can get pretty feisty. He did. He did. Ed's over a He's a big Spurs fan. Absolutely. And as soft-spoken as he is, a great guy that he is, man, he was, he was, he was like, you're not even a Spurs fan because they ended up losing that game yeah. because of a bad play called bad substitution. Took Tim Duncan out. Ball went right over somebody's head who was not Tim Duncan. That <laughs> Where if, he, if Tim Duncan was in there, it wouldn't have gone over. Bro, it would have hit him in the nose. I mean, like uh, nowhere close. And uh, I loved it. Ray Allen passed. You know, they passed it out to Ray Allen, and I mean, one of the deadliest shooters to ever played the game, and he that, knocks it uh, down. And Mike Breen is bang, just, uh, bang, <laughs> bang. Uh, I mean, he, I probably had like a. 50 inch vertical at that shot. I dang near hit my head on the wall. I believe it, man. I believe it. And I am just, are you serious? Uh, I mean, I am NBA jamming it up right now. Like I am just, and I'm not like a boastful kind of guy, but I'm like screaming in people's faces and everything. I am. (laughs) Uh, So it was great. So I, I feel like I get the opportunity rooting as loyal of a, 
Titans fan as I've been. Yeah. I get the opportunity to really just hype up and get excited about those moments. So I guess it balances itself out. For sure. And I think it's one of those is that sticking with, with a team um, is, is great. And one of the tough things, though, that, that – uh, so a friend of mine, he's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. He's from Philly. He's mm-hmm. all in. And he had actually said that he became less of a Phillies fan whenever he started playing fantasy football because mm. it really didn't matter. It was yeah. more like, hey, my player's doing good. And then they started going to the Super Bowl, and that, that whole Philly fandom like <laughs> increased again. Yeah. So I think it is one of those of just you know staying true. There are times that even though I'm not like a Texans fan, I still get really frustrated when people bring up Texans flaws. Like yeah. I shouldn't, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm probably secretly like – like okay, like dude, I really want them to You're draft. I really jaded. want them to draft Bryce Young. Like yeah. I really like. I'm like, hey, I would kind of like to be a fan again. Yeah. Um. Once when they, I mean, they just did so I'm many like dumb JJ things. JJ Watt jersey in the in the closet. Oh yeah, dude, I have Aaron <laughs> Foster jersey. Like still, still rock. Like yeah. he was my guy. Like that. That was that was the era that I really enjoyed. Andre Johnson. Yeah. Um, y'all were y'all were some beasts. Oh, for sure, man. And they were they were really good. So I I don't know. I think it's tough rooting for that. Being a part of that that bad to mid sports team if you have to let them go just got to let them go know that that's it's like a bad relationship you know yeah like um but i don't think and I if could you let just stay go. with it I don't stay think, with it i don't know if i could let them go yeah like i've started to kind of allow myself to root for players as opposed to just like okay i'm a titans fan through and through like I enjoy Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Uh, yeah, like, absolutely. I allow myself to enjoy those players. And that's, uh, for me, I was a huge Texas Tech fan, followed mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes' career. So, like, I'm probably, like, I'm watching more Kansas City games yeah. than I'm watching, um, you know, he's a, he's like the golden child. He's the yeah, perfect. Yeah, he is the face of the NBA, or the NFL. No, no, he's like, dude, the face of, like, Texas Tech football. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, well, you used to be the, Michael, Michael Crabtree, and then, like. I'd say that the face of the NFL is a bigger title than the face of Texas Tech football. 100%. <laughs> but Texas Tech is, like, that's, like, the, the team. Where that, your heart is. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, so whenever, like, we're up, we're down, we're, we're good, we're bad, like, I'm still, like, a Tech fan, Texas Tech yeah. fan, you know, because growing up in the area. You know that's that's who you're going to end up rooting Richard for. Richard Sherman kind of emasculated Texas Tech football, I guess. Then if Michael Crabtree's the face of well, he yeah, I mean he was. Because <laughs> you, but you have to remember though, he also Michael Crabtree was also Those whenever games. he was at Texas Tech, he had the big catch in the yeah. UT game. That that was oh, that was incredible game. Yeah, and that was like the first time that Tech had beaten UT in mm-hmm. forever. So it's so I think I think some of that is. Is is if you you're if you have that that sports team like where you were like the Chicago Cubs, don't worry. You only have to wait like sixty to seventy, maybe a hundred <laughs> years, and uh, it'll eventually all. Uh, I would like to get a Titans Super Bowl win at some point in my life, like just one. That would be nice. Yeah, I, it's tough though. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Yeah, we're going I, into like full rebuild mode, and it's very demoralizing. Yeah. And it's one of those men like they have to do for like, you know, to be better, like a couple of years down the road. So that's, but the quarterback thing is just such a gamble and that's all it's dependent on. And it's just getting them and getting something productive within that year. uh, Those few years of that rookie contract Yeah, seems to be really the wave. And then being in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes and the stranglehold they are seem to be having on. And then you have to go through the Bengals and the Bills. It's 
Uh, sucks. I need a AFC and NFC team. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Chiefs got it on lock. Yeah, they really do. I mean, as long as Andy... and that they're, like, They've already paid Patrick Mahomes, too. And like all these guys, they still have to pay Joe Burrow. They still have to pay... Uh, yeah. Josh Allen's contract is going to kick in the big numbers. And like everybody else hasn't been paid yet, but they've paid all their guys in Kansas City. I wonder what's going to happen to the Bills because Stefan Diggs is a little bit older. And um, he's not, he seems like he's causing a ruckus there or something. I mean, like yeah, he definitely, out. yeah, he definitely wants to win. And then so it, it makes you wonder, uh, dude, I mean, how do you not like look and like at that? Burrow, they have to pay T. Higgins, they have to pay, um, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so th- that's going to be the thing. Like, a, you know, even though the AFC has like a stranglehold on quarterbacks right now, the NFC, dude, some of these teams will probably want to go somewhere where, I mean, dude, you can make more money. Like, your paycheck goes further. Like, yeah. I mean, dude, we all, we really talk about dad stuff when we start bringing in taxes. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah. Go to Florida, go to Texas, go to Tennessee. I mean, you'll have, yeah. You know, you get to keep more of your money. So, Dude, speaking of getting keep more of your money, what's the most you've ever dropped on a console? Uh, what was it? The PS3 wasn't that like notoriously crazy expensive or something? Yeah, because you couldn't. They, it was super tough to get a hold of. Like they were going for like seven, eight hundred. Nah, the PS5. I feel like because I sold one for like nine hundred bucks. What? Yeah. yeah. I had I was following like all the Twitter pages and everything oh I know like that. you helped me get hooked up with mine like getting yeah. a PS5 and a Series <laughs> X like you were you were a plug but um, that one was probably the most expensive I've encountered I never paid uh, like secondhand for anything okay but I feel like because I remember like part of the marketing Sony got crucified for the PS3 it was like oh you can you'll have to get a second job or something to pay for dang like they were savages yeah but i knew a buddy of mine they uh he would always buy two so like yeah he would always buy two and one he would sell or because there were other people too that they were so interested in the technology and how the computer was built because the console is basically a computer Mm -hmm. so they'd always buy two one to play and one to destroy or figure out how it all worked and everything i wish i had that kind of just disposable income to just Buy a second console just out of curiosity, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So, it, th- so as we talk about consoles, like, let's do this. Let's do a series, a uh, little segment, not a series, but another top five segment. What is the top five consoles and the games that define those consoles for you? Okay. So, for me, we'll go back and forth. Yeah. Let's do that. that. Okay. So for me, and this is in no particular order. This is just some like, what kind of defined games for me like what consoles kind of defined who i am as a gamer so my earliest memories are of the uh snes and just super mario world and just that being when yoshi showed up for the first time that was like the second level or whatever there's just egg this egg and you just hop on yoshi and just like a platform that was like like my first platformer and just kind of became a genre that i got interested in and then Mm -hmm. yoshi's story that was kind of a similar game to uh, Super Mario World where do you remember that one where you're Yoshi and you have like a baby Mario on your back and if you get hit by an enemy there's like a bubble what no I to, don't remember that remember, oh, man, that's I love, cool though it's on the switch now so like uh-huh. if you have the switch online membership you can play that game and then Link to the Past that was like my first Zelda game uh-huh. and oh 
Zelda games. I just love the problem solving and like the dungeons and everything like that. It was just a not nonstop, just combat and just the combat was fun. It was pretty simple. It wasn't too intuitive or anything like that for a kid. So it got me really interested in the Zelda games. Yeah, but the puzzles were tough, though. They were, but it like was so satisfying as a kid to like figure it out and like they I didn't have access to guides or anything like that. And Bro, I'll, mad props because I was the guy that this isn't this isn't enough action. I want to hit one button and one button only. <laughs> I'm done with this and move on. Uh, like, oh no, I liked the methodical moving through a dungeon and figuring everything out. Dude, that is absolutely legit. For me, I would say like the first, like my first one would be the the original Xbox and Halo. Okay. Because Halo was like the game that like Halo and then Halo 2 um, was the game that like me and my, all my friends were playing all the time because it was, we were all getting together, you know, in a room and you know, that was whenever had like playing on like a big screen TV was mm-hmm. legit. Cause it was like, Oh look, we're all getting to play yeah. at the same time. Like screen peeking. And yeah, all that for sure. Oh, do you remember <laughs> people get so mad? Uh, stop screen peeking. Yeah. Stop screen. Stop screen watching. And it's like, dude, this is all in my peripheral vision. Yeah. Like, of course I'm going to be able to like, <laughs> you know, do, you're exposing it. You were a screen peeker big time. Oh, without a doubt, man, without a doubt, especially <laughs> Take when we would, every advantage. Yeah. Whenever we would do it too, with all snipers, Oh yeah, dude. Because everybody's hiding, you know. Everybody's yeah. like, "What? Look at!" I'm like, "I'm like, you are gotcha," you know. And so yeah. I started circling around, and then, bop, got him. You know that was, but it was so much fun. I remember the first time playing it. I was over at a friend's house, and me and him were both playing it, and we were so hype. And it was like two in the morning, like throwing grenades, shooting mm-hmm. stuff. You know, all these aliens. You know, it was so much fun. The first level, um, of the campaign that the uh um his dad had to come out multiple times and it was like guys y'all are too loud <laughs> stop it and finally just turned it off and was like that's it i'm taking it give me the controllers turned it off and was like y'all go to bed you know <laughs> and then of course whenever that happens like they wake you up at six in the morning the next day yeah. whenever you're a kid just be like this is what y'all are doing to me so mm-hmm. i'm gonna wake y'all up on four hours of sleep and yeah while i drink my coffee and watch my tv show abnormally loud <laughs> Yeah. So the, it would it would have to be from yeah like the X the original Xbox with Halo and then Halo Two man it really started the whole like online FPS type of thing yeah like, and even and playing online I feel like I didn't gain an interest in like first person shooters that heavily this like the PvP aspect and everything because I missed out on that era like I didn't have an Xbox mm. so I didn't play any of the Halo games or. I didn't have any buddies or anything that I had that attachment to like that nostalgia. It seems like you have for those experiences. So that wasn't ever nurtured or anything in me. So I don't like enjoy PVP in that aspect because I didn't experience those events or anything like that. And and, and that's totally, that that's totally valid. Cause yeah. you, it was, cause that was just how, like we had like the story part and the platformers and then, and then you had the kind of the competitive part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other things that happened while that game was because one of my best friends, uh, he was he got grounded uh, one summer and he came back and he was he was living with, uh, with a different parent and uh, he got grounded while he was living with them for the whole summer. It comes back for the school year 
and he was godlike at Halo. Really? So we were all we would all play, and every <laughs> one of us would try to be on his team so we could beat up the other two guys. Yeah. And then he would be like, "No, you know what? Tell you what, all three of y'all versus me," and he would just absolutely <laughs> annihilate us. Yeah. Because and we would do capture the flag, so there would be oh, long man. spawn times, and he would grab the flag, and on I still remember it, man, on Blood Gulch, hopping a warthog, drive to the other side, and would just punch us all, and then score, and then go back and do it again. Did you have a game like that as a kid that you were within your friend group? Like I am the god of this game. Tekken like, three. Tekken three. Yeah, it was Tekken three. What system was that on? Uh, that was on PlayStation One. Is that coming up on yours? Uh, I actually on mine. I have PlayStation. I had Crash Bandicoot for okay, the PlayStation so I, One. I have my next one is PlayStation as well, so we can talk about that. But I didn't. I didn't get introduced into Tekken in PlayStation. Uh, okay. At least not the first PlayStation. The games that kind of defined that console for me was that. I remember that being my first console. Okay. And so um, I remember Metal Gear Solid. Oh, so Ape good. Escape. That was like the first game where they used the an- utilized dual analog sticks. Oh yeah, so that was like a really cool concept and everything. And like I actually, I hated the analog sticks on oh, it, I which was it. wild, like because that's what everything is now. I yeah. mean, I, I was a, I was a D pad player only, so so that was like a big like in the console war um, era, PlayStation. That was kind of their uh, leg up was the dual analog sticks, um, and then. Tony Hawk Pro Skater as well. Oh, that game was so much PlayStation. fun. It was awesome. And then like so you mentioned, good. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. That was along the plat- same kind of like a platformer Yeah, and, in the and same I- vein as uh, Super Mario World. So those kind of games have always kind of have a soft, had a soft spot for me as platformers. Yeah, the, those uh, Crash Bandicoot was the one platformer that I really enjoyed. I felt like that one was a lot of fun, and maybe because it was the only one that came out on at like at the initial release. Did um, Xbox have like their definitive platformer of that era? I can't think of one. I think Xbox. What they really try to do is they really focus more on on like party games. Because I remember Fusion Frenzy was a big one and that was like the like the first one that I remember what was fusion frenzy it was like a party game it was like, like a bun- mario party kind of yeah yeah it was a bunch of mini mini games and i think it was before mario party came out i could be wrong i don't i don't remember but i just remember fusion frenzy coming out the same time halo did mm. and it was just a just a whole lot of whole lot of fun uh the one platformer though that really always gets me is my son's favorite platformer and that came out on the OG Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, or the original Sega? The original Sega, yes. So my kind of defining, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the um, 2D Sonic games. Okay. But I remember, uh, so growing up on base, if you have any other uh, military brat kids, you know, you go to the BX and they always have like those trial um, consoles or whatever. Oh, yeah. And they had uh, Sonic Adventure one or two, I remember the, the level where like the whale is chasing you. Yes. And I remember we would go to the BX all the time and just playing that level over and over and over wow. and over. But I never had a Dreamcast, but I always wanted a Dreamcast because of that experience and playing that game. See, I had a Dreamcast only for um, Mall versus Capcom because mm-hmm. that was all that I wanted. And I remember the Sega Dreamcast came out in 9999. 
and I got one in. It was only a hundred dollars. No, no, no. That was the the the, the day that it came oh. out. I can't remember how much it was. I think it was like, um, maybe it was a hundred bucks. Maybe it was like three hundred dollars, something like that. Um, which would probably be like the equivalent to how much Xboxes and Playstations are yeah. today, based on upon inflation. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But the uh, um. Yeah, on a Sega Dreamcast, it it was, um, it was definitely Marvel versus Capcom, like, mm-hmm. and that was the only game that I wanted on that. And I had a Dreamcast, and I can't even, I don't even remember any of the other games that I played. I remember Two K and Allen Iverson being like a big deal. Oh yeah, on the Dreamcast. You're right, and and dude, that's wild that you mentioned that because NBA Two K started on the Dreamcast, it did, and it. now it's the because it was a Sega property, right? Yes, yeah, I, it may still be a Sega property. Yeah. I don't know, which is, I mean, I, I don't see why they would forfeit that uh, or why they would have, but maybe they did. But that's wild now, now that you said that because EA had all the sports games, yeah, like Live and Madden and yes. everything like that, and then Two K had the there was one where it was like first person. Football yeah, and like it broke the mold. To was on the cover, right? I remember and it was still a terrible football game. It was better than Madden at that point, though. And I don't, it just I, don't I feel remember like remember it being that that good. Oh, it's like a cult classic. Okay, yeah, okay. I and and I could be wrong. I I do remember enjoying NBA Two K, and I, it was weird because I thought that Madden was better, and then Two K was way better than Live, and then um and then yeah, of course Madden being better than the other one, and I was like, wow, like there's one is really good at basketball, and the other one's like the other company being really good at football. Um, but I don't uh, the 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 Sonic Sonic was just such a def, definitive title, and it still is for uh, for I remember playing Sonic Two on the Sega thirty two bit, like, and that was like a big deal. Like, oh, you got a thirty two bit Sega. So what what were the prior to Dreamcast? What were like the Sega there was the, the, I think it was a rig, or there was this Sega 16 bit and I think the Sega Genesis was the 32 the bit. The Sega Genesis. I remember I associate that with Sonic and Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah. Cuz I remember going over to my uh, cousin's house and they had a they had like all the consoles and I didn't have any at that point and I remember like playing Mortal Kombat and then like my cousin knowing how to do the fireball oh, and like such a not, huge win. Like, it was like, what? How did you do that? Yeah. That's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to ask this. So, whenever, we, uh, so I had a Sega, and I think I was like eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that that age range. There was this thing that came out through our cable company called the Sega Channel. Did you ever hear that or have no, that? I don't remember. Okay, I don't so have any recollection of that? Okay, so you remember a Sega Genesis, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine if you will. Did you ever ever have a Game Shark? Yes. Okay, so remember how fat the Game That's Shark was? That's the only was? way I was able to beat Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts <laughs> uh, One and Two nice. on PlayStation Two. Nice. And so they, uh, you know, and it used to be like this: you would you would plug the Game Shark in, and then you would plug the cartridge in on top of the Game Shark. Mm-hmm. Well. So our cable company at the time, you they would come out and they would run another coax cable, and it ran directly into this console or this cartridge that was it was you can't we don't have camera but you can it was like like three inches wide on top mm-hmm. and then it plugged in and it was probably about like an inch high so yeah. it was real thick but you plugged it into your Sega Genesis and it had like three hundred games you now had access to. 
Oh wow! So it was like an emulator, essentially. It, it, basically, yeah. Oh, wow. And so now it had to it had to load all the games in. So some mm-hmm. of them would take a lot of time. Some wouldn't. So, I mean, I, I was playing Road Rash. There were games I wasn't allowed to play, but like Earthworm <laughs> Jim, yeah, NBA Jam. I oh, mean, like man, that's awesome. I like it had all of those. So I always wondered, like, you know, it eventually went away. Mm-hmm. But I always wondered, like, man, how many other people had? The Sega Channel. I remember playing like a Justice League uh, fighter game on there. Oh wow! Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, this though. is the first time I've ever heard of anything like that. Dude, you can Google it. It was it was incredible. It was so much. I mean, I would I need to look at it now to like find out what it really was. But basically, I knew that it just downloaded the game for you, and that's what you did. That's awesome. So, so is it on you or me? It's on, it's on you because I did I did a. Um, PS1 was mine. It was Crash Bandicoot. We talked about that. And then Sega was um, on uh, Sonic. Okay. So my next one is uh, PlayStation 2. Okay. And I, man, that that's probably the most definitive era of gaming for me because there were just so many awesome games. You yeah. SSX. I don't know if you, the snowboarding game. It's Street to Rock Around to Rock uh, Those games were so awesome. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I'll save this last one on my list for because I know you're gonna go on a tangent about it. But NBA Street Volume Two. Oh, NBA um, Street was so much fun. The, can, can I just pause for a minute, bro? NBA Street, the first one, uh-huh. would drive me up the wall because there's a comeback mechanic on it. Yeah, that you could then ru- like. I want to play those games, dude. So you could bad. be, I, bro. I remember I was annihilating somebody. I was beating them 19 to two, and they came back and beat me. 21 to 19. I was so frustrated because my guys could not make a dunk. Yeah. They could not make a layup. I mean, anytime, I mean, it was, he would have the point guard contesting my center. And like, I would be like Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. And I'd have Shaq going to dunk and he would have. Uh, like Steve Francis from the Rockets, <laughs> and he would Steve Francis would block Shaq uh, multiple times, and Kobe Bryant couldn't make a, a mid range jumper. I was so frustrated at that game, and then to what you said, NBA Street Volume Two took that away. Uh, Thank that God, game was so iconic! Like it was so good, man. It was incredible. The artwork, everything in it was awesome. Yeah. It, it was, was really good. It just really, like, I feel like encapsulated that era of NBA basketball and, like, just the culture of that moment. Yeah. It was, ah, oh, I really wish I could play that game. But then also, like, I don't know if you were ever a wrestling fan, um, but, like, the WWF games that came out yeah. on PlayStation 2 were, like, during the Attitude Era, and, like, those were a lot of fun. Um, Metal Gear Solid 2, just... Super good games. The, man, so many good games on PlayStation 2. I was a big Matrix fan. The They were awful games. Were like the Enter the Matrix games. Yes, I remember those. those. Were, it was just so much fun just existing in that world. Yeah, because that was a, that was like one of the ones where they had the bullet time. Yeah. You could dodge things. You could jump crazy high and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Those were a lot of fun. Yeah. That was that one on, on PlayStation 2 I played the most was probably Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And... We had a. We, we talked about it before, we, but just being able to to run around everywhere, dude. In its time, it was a lot of fun. It, it was swing a Spider Man and exist in that world. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it it definitely was. Um, 
you were gonna say something else though on on the PlayStation Two. Oh yeah, I left out my last game because okay. I know this is your absolute jam. That my kind of first experience with this game, Tekken Five, oh, or whatever yeah. Tekken it would have been at the at the time. They, I remember it kind of being my first experience with like a 3D fighter. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it's called, where you yeah. can kind of traverse where you can with sidestep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was one of those that. I mean, the first one that introduced it was Virtua Fighter way back in the day, mm. and uh, and I mean I loved fighters, but Tekken Three was my jam. That was the one like on the PlayStation One mm-hmm. that I would just demoralize people in because and learn all the combos and everything. And then I can't remember; it might have been Tekken Tag that came out on the PlayStation Two, and that was the yeah, one. Yeah, I do. I remember that was kind of like my the era of where tag fighters kind of were experienced or introduced to me. Okay. Like Marvel versus Capcom two. Yeah. Tekken tag. I feel like there was another one. Um, there was a bunch of them that started was it coming like in versus something. Games yeah. Or so like Tekken versus Tekken had a versus something, right? Uh, I don't, can't remember if they did. Capcom I think versus Tekken or something. They, they might have. Um, I know that, uh, it was probably early or late 2000 or sorry, like, around 2010 2012 somewhere around there there was a tekken versus street fighter but they called it tekken cross street fighter or oh, X. okay and it was it wasn't it wasn't that good of a game but they there was but no you're right there was so many other like tag like games the dragon ball budokai oh games. Dude, all those games were just then one of those a new one just got announced for that series oh i saw that i saw that it's like Budokai or Tenchi, 4, 12, like 35, that, yeah. 86. <laughs> Green, Red 82. No. Peyton Manning yeah. titles. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha, Fudge Omaha. Budokai Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> the, dude, Tekken Tag was like, that was, I pl- dude, all those Tekken games, man, I played the mess out of from, from Tekken 1 because I remember playing them on the arcade and then once I could mm-hmm. have them on the console, that was, that was game over for me because I was like, dude, I'm all in. I like Tekken three, Tekken four. No one ever played me in because I wasn't uh, because I've ruined so many friendships on Tekken three. <laughs> Tekken four, no one would play me in because uh, I, I and on that one, dude, I, I love Steve. He was the boxer, mm-hmm. and once I figured out how to do all of his ducking combos and stuff, you know, there goes all my friendships. You need to give me like a fighting game boot camp because I I'm looking at my list and I feel like I enjoyed a lot of fighting games. I just never dove into them so. Maybe that's something I need to explore and get better at. Yeah, I mean you can. It's I. It's I, dude. Once again, it's tough being a dad, like getting yeah. into those because they're so timing heavy. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna get into one of those, and you have to really put in like you know hours in the lab, and that's just yeah. going into training and sitting there. And I just need to get the Marvel versus Capcom two cabinet. Oh, and just same. Because that has online play too. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, that one would be good. That that one's a lot of fun. That one has it. Uh, you can get Marvel. I got Christmas Ultimate. list. There you go, bro. Right. Rives, are but, you listening? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ultimate Marvel three is on Xbox and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. That's always a fun one that, that you can that you can get to get into. Um, and then Dragon Ball Fighter Z is actually a really really good fighting game. Yeah. So if you're a Dragon Ball fan um, and you like the tag. Uh, the tag style of fighting games mm-hmm. that's a really good one but dude I, yeah Tekken was my jam yeah. and, and I think that I think Tekken really defines the PlayStation as far as fighting game genre is it exclusive to PlayStation it is oh I didn't know it that it is as far as I remember I can't think so of do you not have an avenue to play Tekken 
Mm-mm. No, not oh, anymore. Wow. But I stopped playing Tekken, you know, uh, a long, long time ago just because I got into different games. Because I know you're wanting to make or at least get a PlayStation with uh, Destiny potentially becoming Yeah, I have a, PlayStation I have a theory. Heavy. Yeah, I have so a So would you dive into Tekken again if you got another PlayStation? Probably not. Cause really? I, yeah, just the, with everything else that, that I have going on, you know, and just being a dad, it's, mm-hmm. it's super super tough dude speaking of playstation i think i don't think i've ever seen something and this is going to be like my number four i don't think i've ever seen um a game so definitive as these two games for a console that it really i would say um would move everything into like i think who wins like the console wars every time yeah and that would be spider-man and god of war for PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 and 5. Yeah, they really, really... Because the 360 era, I wasn't even a Xbox fan at all, but mm-hmm. I could kind of recognize, okay, they won that console generation or era Yeah, above like the PlayStation 3. It was an awesome console, but the 360 dominated. And you saw a massive switch with the PS4, I feel like. Yeah. With those I, two games I, and I think, really leading the charge. Yeah, I think some of that too was because Xbox was a little bit ahead of their time and they didn't realize, like like they were telling everyone, like, hey, you're only going to be able to play this online. Like yeah. you're connected to the internet. And the internet wasn't as readily available as it is now. Uh, it was available, but it also had like some paywalls that you had to get past and everything. And so, and like, you know, they had talked about not being able to game share. And so PlayStation goes, let me show you how you share a game. And I remember that being a big advertising thing where they just grabbed a game, turned around and handed it to a friend. And <laughs> it was like, oh, you know. And so yeah. for the Xbox One that was coming out, that was a, a, a big um, downfall of it. And then the fact that PlayStation came out and they had great games. Um, and then That's it, always kind of been there because with Game Pass and Xbox really puts their foot in the ground like this is our we're services yeah industry kind of and playstation has kind of always held the mantle of we okay we've got the games we this really is the selling point for pushing consoles for us yeah and i think that's because because the uh the all of xbox consoles now i mean they all run on windows well so does all your gaming computers. Yeah. So I think that even though they, they make consoles, Microsoft There's is a better option to play them on if you are 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude, you're talking like you can, you know, everyone was looking at, I remember when everyone was looking at the, the gaming consoles coming out they're like, uh, my yeah, my PC is com- already stronger than this. Yeah. I, I was playing on those specs like five years ago, bro. Yeah. And we're all like, Oh my gosh, look at, and that's why part of why I've never really dove into the like PC side of gaming is it's too hard to keep up with and stay so relevant. It's so much, so expensive and I've never experienced it. So I don't know what I'm missing out on. So I don't want to dive into that. <laughs> I'm happy with console gaming. I got a steam deck. So that's kind of, that's pretty my much first yeah. venture into uh PC gaming and I'm happy with it. I mean, you're pretty much already there then. I mean, the steam deck, you'll probably start, adding you know get a graphics card next then start piecing things together then upgrade to a monitor no i i i'm not tech savvy enough i feel like i'd break something and brick everything (laughs) (laughs) so about you you got two more uh yeah my next one is arcade like just an arcade machine oh yeah that was my first experience i feel like playing any type of fighting game and just 
putting your quarter on and just oh, the putting the quarter up waiting there your turn the just the anticipation and just if you actually win like just everybody strangers being hyped about it and everything like that yeah and um just marvel versus capcom 2 i remember playing that on the uh, i feel like i keep coming back to this game it's such it's a, a such, a such an game. incredible fighting game and i'm not even a big fighting game fan but that game just really captivated me yeah I think it's because it had all your heroes in there and they did such a good job of just adding so many characters to it. Yeah. They had so many, you know, they had like almost like they had like like 10 or 15 X-Men. They had Iron Man, War Machine. Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, a lot of them were just the same character, just with a different skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we all loved it, you know. Yeah. We're like, oh, but they got this one move and because of this skin, it takes off one frame, you yeah. know, or whatever it was. So I never got that deep into it, but. Yeah, it, it was. I didn't either until, like, at, like later on, like, watching it and then hearing, like, people talk about it on YouTube and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, Bone Claw Wolverine is different than adamantium claw mm-hmm. and like one has a further reach and hitbox and i was like yeah i don't know any of that all i know is um uh light punch you know yeah. or whatever it is and, and try to start <laughs> it looks it. cool yeah, absolutely <laughs> man absolutely dude the, so for me my last one would have to be uh the nintendo 64 oh that's mine as well is it yes is it golden eye i no. Oh. like i said i've never been a big pvp guy and i never owned an n64 so Mine was just peripheral, like going over to a friend's house and playing something. Okay. So like Mario 64, awesome game. Yeah. And um, Super Smash Brothers. Classic. So incredible. And I, Mario Kart was okay. I really enjoyed Diddy Kong Racing. I don't know if you ever played that game. That game was a lot of fun. It was like Mario Kart, but you could also fly and everything like that that was a really cool. I do remember that now. Yeah, because like you had it. It was like it introduced it like multi levels. Mm-hmm. So like like you said, you could fly, um, and then uh, oh no no was it was it different levels that you flew and then other ones you had to drive or was it did yeah. it happen? Okay, gotcha. I don't think it like you could fly and drive within the same level. I think it was okay. either like a driving level or a flying level. Yeah, dude. It, I I so I do remember that. And you said that, and then I did it. Mine was like of course like Goldeneye. Goldeneye, like, yeah. And there was and everyone hated odd job, yeah, because he was smaller. He was man, and so it, cheating. It, it was because you could because you had the same speed. You were the same level if you crouched, um, like a regular character for regular character crouch. Just had a smaller hitbox. Yeah, and um, and then and not only did you have a smaller hitbox though, but you also didn't lose any speed. Whereas everyone else, when you crouched, you yeah. lost you lost speed, and then could you. Uh, crouch as well and be even smaller um you could but you lost speed though Mm. so like it would it wasn't add like diminishing returns or whatever exactly exactly yeah so it was just like oh okay you know why do that when i'm already Already, small but i also now i have the ability to run yeah absolutely the mobility to move back and forth really quick get behind a wall and then you know you were always running around and try to find the golden gun yeah and once you found the golden gun it was it was the worst. Yeah. You know, because then all of a sudden... This they recently brought those to Game Pass. I don't know about Game Pass, but it's on the Xbox Marketplace and on the Switch oh. online service. So I, I'll have to give you all my uh, family plan login for I'll have to check Switch. that out. We can hop on. You can introduce Eli to... Well, all right. 
he got back into Fortnite for like, but he'll he'll be out of it in like a week. Back so to it, Destiny. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I'm hoping so. Get that vile thing out of my house. No, we're joking. <laughs> <laughs> you, dude, speaking of that, uh, like keeping things out of your house, dude, this is actually, okay, here's, here's our dad topic for, for the week. So how do you keep your home culture? And when I say that, like, we all have cultures and, and basically values that we're trying to implement, like, as dads, as parents. Yeah. What's one of the ways, like, things that you really value passing that on to your, your kid? So we have, I've, I was just, kind of had a proud dad moment today. Nice. Um, so my wife went to the parent-teacher conference uh, for our daughter. And so I have, we have a saying or a kind of family motto. So I tell my, I've told my daughter, we're Joneses. And I ask her, what does that mean? And it means we're kind, we're encouraging, and we look for lonely people. Nice. And just the report my wife gave back to me of like, I, I should be more intentional about reiterating that to her. Mm-hmm. But just, so my wife told me, or she was having a conversation with the um, teacher. And my wife was just relaying, okay, she's very patient with um, my son and like she has a hard time and he's like she's very good with him yeah. and just relaying that to the teacher and she's like yeah I noticed that too and like so I sat her with my most difficult kid because like all the other kids like he misbehaves or whatever and Violet will like encourage him and as the other kids they'll make fun of him or laugh at him when he and he gets really discouraged and like she does a good job of including him and like encouraging him and when he does well she celebrates him and like just telling me all these things and like That's just awesome. seeing it and act like this model that I wanted instill in her and like I don't do a good job of reiterating it verbally but just to see her live it out intentionally and like the teacher recognize that and then my daughter be like just leading the path and just being an encourager of people and man it's just awesome to see as a dad and it's just so rewarding and I got that information right before we started recording and like oh. just lined up perfectly and just on cloud nine, just so proud of my daughter and like just happy as a dad and everything like that. And just that being the culture and the identifier of who we are as a family and who like her carrying that out and being that Jones that we are kind, we are encouraging and we look for lonely people. Just man, couldn't be more proud. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And, and, and so how do you kind of keep that like, how do you kind of keep that, that culture going? Like, how did you, how did, you know, you said you you like kind of sat her down, but I'm guessing it's not just one time. It's not, but it's just like doing things to reinforce that. Like Mm -hmm. if I recognize her being kind of snippy at my son or something, like if he like piling on, if he does something wrong, like I'll correct it and say like, man, just be encouraging towards him. Don't, I'll correct him. I'll guide him where he needs to go. You don't need to step in. If he does wrong, I can correct that. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be uplifting and encouraging towards him. And she, she takes it and she goes with it. She doesn't like back talk or anything like that. And just her being teachable and willing to take that correction and be a good coachable person, individuals like it's motivating to me. Like, okay, am I willing to take correction and like just having that mindset within myself and then just encouraging her to be teachable and everything like that. It's been, 
how we've kind of cultivated that culture in our household. That, dude, that's awesome. And, and I think that's what it takes is it just takes that like repetition, you yeah. know, of just like, hey, this is what, this is who we are. Yeah. This is what we value. For for us, we have the, the, the kind of the same thing. We have, uh, we have two rules, only two rules. Like, so I'm like, hey, I like, what are, what are our two rules? And uh, the first one is we honor everyone. And so, uh, and, you know, what does that mean? Uh, it means that we uh, we care about everyone, and uh, we try to, and we always look the best. Um, or sorry, we always try to view the best in. We care about everyone, and we try to view the best in everyone. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> we honor everyone, and the second one is we don't lie, and the reason that is because lying damages the relationship. Yeah. And those are just you know. Uh, so I say, hey, like we only have two rules: like honor everyone and don't lie. And, and those are the ones that whenever, um, it makes it really easy. It's like, Hey, like which of these two did we not do? And Mm -hmm. so instead of like, Oh, well, you know, you know better than to not do this, not do that, not do this, not do that. So it's just because it just is an umbrella, like anything you do wrong or whatever, it kind of boils down to like, okay, where did you mess up? How are you falling short in this area? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, Hey, does, you know, in, in the way that you behave, does that show that you care about that person? Yeah. Does that share, does, does that show that you're, you know, you're looking at the best in them? Yeah. Cause that's what you want for someone to do to you. Yeah. And so, uh, so it, it is just that, that reinforcement of going like, Hey, like of, of just informing them on a regular basis, you know, Oh, Hey, like this is what we do. And that starts about, probably like how old your daughter is like four five six yeah. somewhere around there and then because uh, that's when they really start to intentionally get into trouble yeah <laughs> uh kind of knowing what they're doing you know they may be a little mischievous when they're younger but as they get older as they get into the preteen stage which is where my kids are or which is where my son's at and then um and then you know into the teenage it really is that okay hey like who are we yeah like you said well, we're joneses you know, who are you? Well, we're Phillips. And so, all right. So what do we do? Like, yeah. like, Hey, so like, what are we, what are we representing? And yeah. in doing that, man, that's how you're going to keep that home culture. Cause otherwise you're going to find, um, the, you know, the school has their own and it may be good or bad, yeah. you know, their or, friends. Absolutely. You know, you want to have them grounded in who they are and you don't want to have someone else establish that. Absolutely. You know, social media, whatever that is, some that they watch on YouTube, you know, they're taking ideas from all over the place. So in that it goes, okay, like, well, well, that's, that's who who they're saying you should be, but who are you? Yeah. You know, what, what is your last name? What, what do we represent? What are we trying to accomplish as a family and really helping each other out and moving everything forward together? So in keeping that home culture, it is that, it's that repetition, man. It's that, yeah. it's that, Hey, consistency. What, uh, yeah, absolutely. Faithfulness. Cause, cause there, uh, you had said, you had said something that, that I like that you said, you said that you're not really like instilling it a lot or saying it a lot, but yeah. you are instilling it by my how, actions. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, by how you live your life. So man, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. That's all we got for, for today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, hope you're enjoying the gameplay on the background. If you're watching this on YouTube, we appreciate y'all. We're trying to get that, up and a little bit crisper so we appreciate everything if you enjoyed it man share it with somebody uh thank you so much for watching god bless